glass half full, the revival. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. New York Revival's back on a Tuesday night. We're feeling back at home again. I know you've missed us, I but you know what? We came back. We, we wanted to give you guys Memorial Day weekend off, but just trying to kick it back in the gear a little bit here. Um, my man, El Jefe's here joining us. He's taking the night off. Jefe, how you feeling? How was your Memorial Day weekend? How's everything going tonight? It was an awesome weekend, but I have this oh. thing where on Mondays, I just feel like I'm like working at 50% yes. like brain capacity on every Monday. So if you're doing yes. a three-day weekend, I'm 25% tops today. <laughs> and I don't know why. It takes me till Wednesday to really get into motion. Mm. And then I start ramping down on Thursday. It's, so, yeah, you're right. You know, the work week kind of goes like that for me. But um, I'm pumped. One of my favorite guests we got today. Look at Ferris. Oh. First in line, this guy. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, Ferris. What's up, my man? Um, hey, listen, we got a very important guest, right? Let's we do got it. a very important guest. Let's, let's just bring him in so he can hang out with us and, and we can hang out with the people uh, while we all bake in the misery of the Mets. Clem for Barcelona. What's going on, my man? Clem, how are we doing? Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you, fellas. Uh, so I'll have phase at 25% between me and Mr. GHF. I mean, just in terms of like optimum brain power, we're going to be lucky to get to 100% by all the combined between right, us. Right. Yeah. Fine. We might be able to piece it together. Uh, hey, listen, what'd you guys do? Anything good for the for the holiday weekend? Did you spend it with your family, friends? What'd you do? Clems, lead us off. What do you have? So I got this thing that I've really been steering into this year. I've had it for a couple years now, but I'm really getting into it. I got grace. I got blessed by the grace of God on uh, my days are so thrown off because of the weekend. I think yeah. it was Saturday. Um, <laughs> I had, I was alone with, I was, I had, I had the daughter. My wife took the boy to a um, party and by the grace of God, uh, her friend's mom was like, Hey, you want to have her come over, have a play date. So I was kid free for like oh. four hours straight. And this is what I do, boys. I don't have a pool yet. Don't I'll tell us think, everything. We're thinking you get about a hot tub. Yeah, don't tell. Let's, let's keep <laughs> the right. This is a family show still, right? You know what I do, boys? I get my hammock out and I just sit in the hammock and I'll listen to some nice tunes. Oh uh, it's like, I'll throw the Mets on and then when the blood pressure starts rising, I turn yeah, it yeah. off and I'll listen to some <laughs> Otis Redding or something just to kind of put me in the right place. I mean, I could go, you know, Mr. El Jefe style, maybe put myself in the right place so one way go. or another. Mm-hmm. And then there you, you kind of just sit back, relax, and just enjoy life a little bit. So that's what I had running around with the kids. And I told you guys before we went live, my kids had off Friday and Tuesday because they had unused snow days and old Papa had to watch them all by himself today. And it was not fun. No one wins when dad's home alone with the kids. Other than the kids are probably getting pizza or McDonald's at some point. That's the only win for everyone in the house is the lunch or the dinner of the night. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm hanging on by a thread, but it's good to be with some friendly faces. Hey, I need to get me a hammock. Yeah. I have a fun little story from the weekend, which you guys will appreciate. I went to a mammoth racetrack on uh i don't know what the days are either anymore yeah, sunday yeah, one of those days. yeah and uh i had my daughter with me and i gave my sister a ride she had her two kids so like good day we're now getting to the car i drove so we got three kids in the car my sister and i started to leave my car's like fum, 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 and i'm like oh fuck i know i know that feeling <laughs> yes. i get out and look my front right tire is like smushed to the ground it doesn't have any air in it whatsoever oh, no. so the tire is destroyed this is a 
2019 Acadia. So I've never changed a tire with this car before. I'm like, where is the spare tire? I'm like flipping everything. I finally find it. And I'm like, fuck, man. I was like freaking out. The kids are freaking out. I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> you know, like I'm like losing control. Three guys are walking by and my gut instinct says, Jeff, just, just say something. Just, so yeah. these guys are walking yeah. by and I'm like, any chance you guys want to help me out real quick? And uh, one of them is a mechanic. Oh, oh God. You. Not that you need to be a mechanic, but like I was so yeah, happy that right. there were men around. <laughs> that could help me. Real grown men. <laughs> like actual you men, out. you know, not like me. So the guy comes over and I happen to be wearing like um, the, the stoner gray Giants hat. And he was like, saw you were a Giants fan. Happy to help. I, I went to give them 50 bucks because they were going to a bar. I'm pretty sure they were hammered helping me also. <laughs> uh, they didn't take the money, but being a Giants fan, it came up big. And uh, thank goodness I was on the road like 10 minutes later. They saved my you day. Love to, you love to hear that. Love mm -hmm. to hear. Sometimes every once in a while, you know, the the the, the car gods shine on you and they, they help you out. Um, it doesn't happen often. I feel like all every wife assumes that the husband just should know everything there is to, about flat tires and, and cars and shit like that. I'm like, listen, I, 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 am just going to, I'm piecing it together here. I'm hoping for the best. Um, and then when you, when you get it done though, it's just like the greatest. Growth. Let me ask you guys a question. Cause my wife knows I'm not a real man. Can, yeah. can both of you change a tire if you had to by yourself? I, I have, and I, I can, I can, cause I've been through it too many times. Okay. It was trial by fire and I, I just had to do it. And now it's like locked in here forever. But How about you, Clem? Not a chance. Um, okay. I found out recently that I don't even have a uh, extra tire in my my current car. I, I thought shit. that's what I was facing the other day. I'm like, I don't think I have one. I thought it was standard, but AAA could. There's not a price AAA could charge me that I wouldn't just pay like, blindly, <laughs> just so that I know I don't have to have that moment where my wife looks me in the eyes and she goes, "You're even less of a man. Like, you're less of a boy than I thought you were." Man less is of not a the boy. deal. The M word is not even close to being uttered. Oh, she's like it, when when there's like something around the house that needs to get done, she's like, "Should I call one of our dads?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's probably just call. Just, yeah, just right. don't just even ask me. Just make suck the call. it up, right? Like it, it's not. I'm sick of the whole pride thing. No, just call." And get it out the way. Just, just get it. Ask for help, and just make your life so much easier instead of bullshitting your way through it. Things, man. Yeah. Um, but anyways, listen. One shout out though for Memorial Day weekend. We forget about what it is sometimes. Shout out to the troops, man. Shout out to the vets out there. Um, you thank you for your service. You know, you saw a tweet out here. Approximately twenty-two veterans committing suicide every day. Call the veteran crisis line. Dial nine eight eight press one and man get some, get some help don't be ashamed and uh we thank all you guys for your service man because we wouldn't be able to do this shit without you guys man so shout out to the vets out there if any of them are listening but um to get this shit back on the road here we we, we had clem our resident mets fan in here to come and you know shine some light on some mets fans and kind of get us through this slog of the beginning of a season here so clem let, let's let's talk shop here uh, 27, 27 Memorial Day is coming gone. That's usually like the first, you know, fence post, I guess. Right, mm -hmm. the first, the first marker of the season. You kind of stack up and see where you where you land. The whole NLE uh, NLE sucks. Um, yep. in your opinion, why are we at where we're at at 27, 27? Can it get better? Can it get worse? Give us what your thoughts are on the season so far. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'm usually the Mr. Glass half full of my Mets yeah. podcast. We got to believe so. Yes. I feel like I can, I, I'm, I'm able to fill this role. Now, to be fair, 
we just we, we talked on DM and we were like, hey, want to get you on the show one of these days, talk Mets. And when we discussed this originally, the Mets had won, I think, like four or five or something. They just yes. had beaten the Rays and the Guardians. So I was feeling good. I'm like, this is gonna be easy. We're gonna have nothing but fun. They have the Rockets again. The yep. Cubs have been called. Everything's gonna be fine as long as the Mets don't play down to the competition. And they did it once again, which let's be honest, <laughs> well, at this point, up. like you're not really playing down to your competition if you have the same record. <laughs> you might just be that level. You might yeah. be those guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm just telling myself that it's the starting pitching. If, 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 if the starting pitching can ever just figure itself out, everything yes. will fall into place because when the pitching, when you're down 4-1 in the third inning every single game, the bullpen is getting taxed. Yep. We're talking about who's our fifth inning guy. Uh, your starter's your fifth inning guy, dude. That's how baseball works. You don't have a guy go four innings. Like, that's just not natural. So the bullpen goes this crap. The offense is pressing because they're behind the eight ball every game. Mm-hmm. And as Mets fans, there's not been many things we've been blessed with. Trust me. I know. No. But usually the starting pitching is in a good place. It's the offense that, you know, puts up, you know, one, two runs for a ton yes. of games that drive us nuts. Or the bullpen rips your heart out night after night a million different ways. But we've always right. seemed to have decent starting pitching for the most part. I'll tell you, having bad starting pitching is the worst of the three. I hate it. I hate it's so it. much worse <laughs> than offense. And but Now, listen, there's a, a case we made that, having a bad bullpen will drive you mad because yes. you watch till the Long ninth days. inning every night and you mm-hmm. lose in the ninth and you have that like eight innings of happiness. And then it's just ripped from you before <laughs> you get the win. But the starting pitching, like by like the fourth inning, I'm like, well, this is over eight one, you know, and we're sending yeah. the other guy back to Syracuse. So I think <sighs> I, I was trying to think of the right analogy for it. And I think we said having bad starting pitching is like having bad feet. Where it's like, if your feet are bad, your knees are going to be bad, your back's going to be bad, yes. and sooner or later your neck's bad, and you're all fucked up. So let's it's, just fix the feet, and we'll go for it. I like that. it. I like it. That's a good one. I mean, and listen, it's it's our it's our aces that are just been inconsistent. That's the, the scary part of it all. Scherzer's up and down. Verlander's up and down. And, you know, they both had these weird freaking little knick-knack injuries to start the, the year. Maybe, hopefully not worse off, and or maybe they were just rusty. I don't know what it is. They haven't found their groove yet, and the thought is, once they find their groove, the Mets will follow suit, the, the, the winds will follow suit, and everything falls into place. It saves the bullpen, mm-hmm. and it all, like you said, once you get your feet better, everything else works better, too. So, um, the offense, you know, the, the horses are there. The horses are there. They're going to be up and down, but they're, they're doing enough. They're, it, it, Al, Alvarez is looking fantastic. Francisco Lindor is rounding into shape. MVP is is, is mm-hmm. just doing fantastic. He's, he's, he's on his pace for 61 home runs. Things are looking okay in the offensive side, and they can bounce back. Um, I, so I guess that's that's the whole. It's just about getting Verlander um, and, and Max going. But give us your thoughts on Buck, though, man. It, 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 has it changed over the last year? What were you? Did you like him at first, and have you changed your opinion? Has it stayed the same? What's your thoughts on Buck, and is he leading us the right way? So yeah, I think the first thing Buck has to do is try to figure out how to make two 40 year old pitchers stay healthy. I don't know if he could put that too much on Buck. We knew this was yeah. coming. Like yeah. all of us said, if 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 these guys stay healthy, if they don't have any decline, if if if, and everyone else was like, yeah, you fucking assholes, and if they don't, you guys are going to be in trouble. There's a chance they bounce back. All right, like Scherzer's been better. Like he had that one bad start. Yeah. Verlander, it's like. Pretty soon we have to stop making excuses. Like, oh, they were in Colorado. Like, kind of like we said before. Um, you know, there's all these different ways we could say make excuses, and then we're like, wait, we just stink. We just keep it, games. yeah. We gotta beat these guys. Buck last year was the 
it was like we Mets fans were basically the kids that just had like the parents that would either like just leave them alone or they were just as bad as the kids, right? Like that's <laughs> the kind of managers I feel like we grew up with as Mets fans. Yeah, for the I love, most part. I love his analogies. They're just top notch. Fix the feet. <laughs> Build up. I mean, I just love this. Yeah, I, I'm figuring like my 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 parent, my kids are probably like, yeah, you're that parent, Dad. You're the guy. <laughs> so, so like, when if I were to get fired by them, and then the, you know they brought in like an actual real dad who knew what he was doing, everything <laughs> would run much dad. smoothly, like it did last season. 101 wins. I think a lot of people have the biggest problems with Buck are the bullpen, which I think most of the problem is they're having trouble. They have a problem with the fifth, sixth, seventh guys in the bullpen. Those guys always stink. It's yeah, just, right. You don't they're, see they're those guys for a pitch in a good season because your starters get through six innings or at least sure. five and two thirds or something like that. Right. It's just these guys are pitching in the fourth, the fifth, and then they're pitching like every other night. So then yep. the bad pitchers become awful pitchers, and that's how you have these guys getting sent down it's every true. day. The yeah, other thing with true. Buck I know is the kids. He's not playing the kids enough, which I understand. I think that's been a long running thing about him. But yeah. I also do think we've heard this a lot of times in baseball where the first third of the season, basically to Memorial Day, is when you find out what you have in terms of your veterans, in terms mm-hmm. of the team you have on opening day. I think that's probably what Buck was operating towards. Knowing Buck, he probably literally has like Memorial Day as his day where he has to start making decisions. Yes. The fact Yorme was sent down a few weeks ago was the first like, oh, crap moment. Like, the right. same scholarship time. I think Carl Banks is always talking about the Giants. He's like, you're on scholarships. No one's on scholarships anymore. I think that was like the first like everyone who was on this 101 win team last year. What last year is last year. It's over now. And we kind of stink yep. right now. Yeah, he was gone. And I do think like if Vogelback keeps struggling, fam keeps struggling, we're going to start seeing a lot more of the kids. I think Vientos <sighs> will get more playing time. I think it's just they're trying to figure out who's playing time he'll be taking. And yeah. that's why I think in the next week, at least in my dumb brain, Please. luckily, Francisco Alvarez looks awesome. So that's the yes. most important part of all of this. Man, him and Beatty are both hitting the ball. Uh, Alvarez's defense has, has stepped up because you heard defense was the reason he wasn't up here. Now he's 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 playing good defense. Baby playing good defense. They're hitting. Vientos, if you're not going to play him, send him down already. Like, like figure it out. The vocal back experiment has to be over. And you, you hope that, you, like you said, Memorial Day, now it's time. It's game on. Listen, we're playing the Phillies now. We're all jumbled up in there. Um, it's up one nothing, by the way. Yeah, one nothing off a Lindor home run. Not a lot of offense, but listen, you got to take care of business against the Phillies, right? And then, and then you work. Do you even are we trying to catch the Braves at this point? Or are we just trying to worry about ourselves here? <laughs> I get ang- I get like visibly upset when people are scoreboard watching. We do not have yeah. the uh, we right. should, like I don't even like watching our scoreboard, let alone other teams' scoreboards. <laughs> like, let's just worry about ourselves. And I did kind of get into like uh, the only time yeah. I look at the standings is to go, guys. Just for the record, we're playing terrible. Everyone hates our team, and we're <laughs> like we were like four games behind the Braves like a couple days ago, and it's yeah. like and then we're above the Phillies right now. And I haven't and the granted, I don't follow a lot of Phillies fans. It's kind of a very uh, competent decision I think I've made in life. Like I, yes, think, I think if uh, our boy Jeff here, if it was an Eagles fan, they would have probably lit your car on fire and just let it blow oh, up, yeah. right? Like oh, they yeah. wouldn't have thought twice. They wouldn't have pissed on it to put it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not too like, I'm not going to freak out. I, I made this analogy the other day, and I still think it. it holds oh, another fun. analogy. Give it yeah. to me. Here, ready? This one's cross sport here. The <laughs> National Next League. Level. This National League, the 2023 National League, is like the 2022 NFC. There's a mm. good team in the East, the Braves and right. the Eagles. There's a good team in the West, the Dodgers and the um, Niners. And then there's like teams that are surprising a little and the Central kind of has their moments, yada, yada, yada. And like 
we're, we're kind of like where the Giants were. It's yep. like up, oh, they Hanging could around. be dangerous, you know. And I, we were a lot more excited about the about the Giants at this point than we are about the Mets right now. But it's the same kind of thing. Like there's so many just Met teams. The Pirates looked awesome. They've come back to the pack, and all these other teams are kind of going up and down. The Padres are they had fans wearing bags to the game the other day. So, <laughs> I love it. Love uh, paper to see bags it. over their head. So I'm not going to freak out. But I, I hey, listen. If people want to, I'm, I'm done fan watching or telling people yes. fans, if you want to freak out freak out i don't want to hear it because like this we all said this might be a tough year all that matters is get your 80 something wins 90 something wins and make the playoffs and that's exactly what might be happening and we're gonna if we're gonna freak out about it every day then like i don't want to hear this is what it's gonna be like last yes. year was a blessing and no one realized it as it was going on yes it's facts it's facts hey, got a question, a question from though. the chat yeah too. yeah darius why do people Seem to have this irrational hate for Pete Alonso. Can you explain it? Because I don't understand it. Is it is it just because he's like a, a like a fun a fun like boy like the, a, a, thinking he's having a little too much fun out there? Why? Why? What's the hate? I don't understand. People people I think think he's he's cornball. I you know yeah. I, I like Pete. I, I, he's our big dumb meatball. He hits some runs. Mm-hmm. He has fun. He's humping the railings now. It's like he says <laughs> what's not to like. He says let's <laughs> effing go Mets. Right. Yeah. So yes. I'm, I'm cool with it. But I understand. Like I've been on the internet long enough to know the way a guy is going to play on the internet. And when Pete was sitting there in the Homer Derby with his eyes closed meditating, I was like, oh no, this is going to oh, have a field day. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you have. Yankees fans, the Crosstown team, right? So they'll look to, you know, sewer us anytime they can. Same with Phillies fans and Braves fans. And then it is like an LOL Mets thing. Until you make the Mets, like, cool consistently, their biggest guys are always going to have, like, the, oh, wait, but this guy, you know, doesn't have it. And he's bopping to Biggie like this. And, you know, guys are going to hate it. So I I have not heard anyone in the fan base dislike Pete a lot. It's it's outside of this. So it's like, fuck him. I don't care. But it's a great question, though. And I think it's just people think he's corny. And again, he's our big dumb meatball. It just makes me love him even more, to be honest with you. I hear you. I hear you. And by the way, Senga through seven, looking dominant. Absolute dominance. Good feet. It's it's good feet, baby. That's all. This is is what we need. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. Here's the deal. Like When we lost Diaz, everybody got pushed up one inning. And when you get pushed up one inning, that underbelly gets exposed. And that's what you, you're seeing right now. And that, like you said, when our starters do not go the proper amount of innings, though that underbelly keeps getting exposed for longer and longer. And no shit, our bullpen's getting taxed. What's the uh, underbelly of the underbelly? Because I feel like yeah, there are right. like the spots that <laughs> don't even, it's like, the there's fupa. not even a tan line in this part of the underbelly because it should never see the sun. And yes, Tommy, uh, my guy, Meek Phil. He does. Uh, he's on the podcast with me. He does. All, he's like a great Met fan. He did a couple uh, things where Tommy Hunter and I think Stephen Nagosik uh, were second on the team in innings behind Robertson, who's like our yeah. closer. Wow. They each have twenty-one innings. Terrible. They both missed multiple weeks due to injuries, and they are probably two of our worst arms in our bullpen. But it's just because our bullpen is so goddamn bad that these guys have to keep pitching. So then they're pitching even more, which makes them even worse. Nagosik just got sent down, and at this, I think. Thank God. All of last year, they pitched less innings than they've pitched this year. So it, it's all about, like, when your starter goes three and two-thirds, someone mm-hmm. else has to take the mop-up mm-hmm. duty. And then, you know, when those guys and have to come in show. for a big spot, the underbelly gets exposed, and then the <laughs> underbelly's, like, little flab part of the belly that doesn't even get sunlight <laughs> is getting exposed. Back. And that's really soft. They'll stick that thing real oh, good. <laughs> Incredible comment from Jerry here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you've ever been to Barre, it makes perfect sense. It, it does make sense. It does make sense. But listen, 
we so we're all just waiting around now. I guess once the horses get going, everybody everybody will start getting into gear. I think it starts off here, and it has to start off here because the Mets schedule in in June. I'm sure you've taken a look is quite horrific. They have a Pirates series, and then Murders Row essentially Phillies, Blue Jays, Pirates, Yankees. Atlanta, and it's all mixed in there. Brewers to end the month. Cardinals. I know Cardinals. It's, it's Cardinals. It's just a shit show. And it, listen, if we subscribe to the theory of you play down to the competition or uh, and then play up to the competition, they're good teams on the schedule now. Play up to the competition. Let's see what we got at the end of June. And um, I think we're going to find out about them right now, right now man. I think we're going to find out about this team. But uh, listen, enough about the Mets. Let's, let's, I want to, I want to shift gears here a little bit. Um, you know, we're typically, uh, all of us, or we're, we're, we're kind of, baseball, football, you know, kind of hockey guys. But, you know, did you, Clem, first off, are you going to be watching uh, the NBA finals? Did you watch any of the NBA, uh, the, the, the the series before? Did you watch the Boston Celtics series? And are you watching the finals? What's your thoughts on on that uh, that uh, whole matchup? It's the Denver Nuggets <laughs> versus Miami Heat. Who had it at the beginning of the season? What's your thoughts on it? David Stern is doing somersaults right now, six feet under, being like, you let Denver and Miami take over my my TV schedule. Um, I will be watching NBA in terms of sports. It's probably my third behind NFL one, baseball's two, NBA three, but I I still love basketball. And having the Knicks be a good team just makes it so much easier to watch it other than being like, this is the sport that I, and we don't participate in basically. The 90s were great. And I I said to my buddy, (laughs) I'm such an idiot. The 99 (laughs) finals, the year we clinched the finals, I was at his house and I go, dude, is just this what our life's gonna be like every year? We're like we're always competitive. (laughs) And like a year later, it just all went to hell. Okay, I'm crashing down. Do you subscribe? I guess for all that. Do you you subscribe to the theory of are you do you root for the team that beat you because you're like, I lost to that team, you know, they're they're the good team? Or do you say, fuck that team, I hate them, I hope they lose the next round? Yeah, depends. And in the case of the Miami <laughs> Heat, hell no, I'll be watching. Right. I would be watching this series. I've been watching – I've watched more NBA uh, this year than I feel like in more years because it's like I'm excited about the Knicks. I'm just yes. – I like the way the, the league is kind of progressed in terms of the talent and stuff like that. And I will be basically watching every second of this game, rooting against the Miami Heat and praying <laughs> to God my fellow unit, Nicole Jokic, goes out and just you know, wipes them <laughs> off the planet because it's like with Boston and Miami, I think a lot of people were like, you know, I don't care if the Celtics lose. I don't oh, care right. if they, they lose. As long as one out. of them yeah. lose, right? Yeah. With this, though, it's strictly like – I was like, all right, no matter who Big makes the finals, nuggets. we're going Denver. So I'm <laughs> going to be rooting so hard for Denver. I will be the biggest Nuggets fan outside of the greater Denver area. Um, I'll be <laughs> watching every I'm game. double-click on that for a second because I understand yes. the hate for the Heat back in the 90s when the rivalry, rivalry was heated. It was serious. Fights, everything. Love mm-hmm. it. Why this Heat team – like, why do you still, hate this? I know, I know they knocked rooted? the Knicks out, um, but I actually love watching Jimmy Butler. I think he's I think he's a badass. So I'm curious why so much against this Heat team. I love Jimmy Butler, too. And as soon as he went to the Heat, I go, that is the perfect guy for the mm. guys. Yeah. My heat. And it's not a Spolster thing. It's not even like a Knicks thing. Like, they beat the, the – even when they – it felt so weird. After they beat the Knicks, I wrote in my blog. I was like, first off, I just want to say, like – Tat tip to the Heat. They were a better team. They Mm -hmm. got wide open shots. All the Celtics fans were saying the same thing I was saying at the end of the series last night. Like they just keep moving the ball. The guy's always open. He always (laughs) hits the shot. Kyle Lowry hits this stupid like mid range shot that like breaks your back. Bam is a cheater. He's hurting our guys and he keeps getting (laughs) rebounds. This is the problem. It's not the guys. It's not the players. It's not Spolstra. It's the guy at the top of the York chart who has Mm -hmm. been there. Pat the rat. 
He is mm. the guy, and he is the guy who was, listen, smart enough to leave the Knicks after Cablevision Cable bought them and then, you know, which led to James Dolan taking over like six years later. He was Not smart bad. enough, and if you read the book, I think it's called like Blood in the Garden. Great book, and it gives a lot of behind the scenes. And, you know, I think like one of his great friends was like interested in buying the heat basically was like tampering with Riley and got him to Miami and had oh. that all lined up before he even could have like left technically. But I, I remember being like a dumb idiot kid that's loved the Knicks with all my heart. And so it was like, Oh yeah, go to Miami, be a God down there and you know, get to build the team wherever you want and make a ton of money doing it. Great idea. Makes sense. That Makes being sense. said, that's like right. I still have to be a bitter, angry New York fan that's shoveling his driveway in the winter. So it, it starts when Pat Riley is no longer on the heat. I'll actually no. I'll still hate the Heat. I'm, yeah, like, right. I, this, I don't, I don't, this feels deep. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the Indiana Pacers, I root against them because Reggie Miller, who hasn't played in like twenty years, used to right. kill me every single year. They ruined my childhood, so I and then want them to hurt whenever they can hurt. So Clem's uh, a big grudge guy. He's a grudge yeah. guy. I get it. And that goes <laughs> don't cross him. Who don't I love. cross him. Yeah, don't cross me. I mean, you boys. I, I, I see Eli's not on the show. Eli's on my list right now. The, the last two shows, Eli's been ducking me. So I mean, three times it's a grudge. So I'll just let him We're know right now. We're gonna clip this. We're gonna clip this. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hefe, are you are you watching the finals? Are you interested in it? Are you, who are you yeah, I've I like this uh, Heat team. Yes. <laughs> unlike yeah. unlike, I yeah. I I, yeah. I wanted to see them beat Boston. I'm I'm not sure why exactly. That's just how I felt. I think I don't know why. I just like Jimmy Butler a lot and. I don't know, man. I, I also put money on them this morning. Hey, do that's it. something. Because that's something. I made a stupid bet last night. I feel like I knew the Heat were going to win. So I took them to cover. And then for like an idiot, I, I added it with the over, which I have no information on. <laughs> I, lo- I looked up here like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I should have just money line Heat. If you felt like they were going to win, have the balls to just do that. Like, no, I'll take the points. And then let me add the over. And then I lost because I'm an idiot. So I think, uh, so I just put Heat are winning this series. They're going to be the NBA champs. I, um, I, I like that. Yeah. All right. So, so how about now this? I'm rooting, now I'm rooting double for them. All right. So we, we, we have a pretty good interest on in on uh, the NBA side. NHL, I got a question for you guys. Who's your team, and- I am a Rangers guy because as a Knicks fan, I always thought Rangers, Knicks, right. Garden Brothers, all you that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I also wouldn't have even known that the Stanley Cup finals, uh, I saw a tweet <laughs> like yesterday and I didn't, I didn't even know that it wasn't in the Stanley Cup finals and I didn't know who was even in the Western <laughs> I Conference I haven't finals. Watched I had no idea what was going on. So we do this, this, this game called How Many Limes, meaning... So we put our limes in our tequila, and the more limes you get, you 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 do a rating one to five. How many limes uh, uh, do you care about this NHL? Hold on. A little bit of lime for a good time. <laughs> how many limes? That's an Clem? old one. How many limes for Clem in, uh, for interest in this series? One to five. I mean, anytime it's because it's the cup, right? That's what they say. Like, right. just give me close games. All the way to like the third Drama. period. So then I have nice. like five minutes. I'll turn it on. Maybe some overtimes yes. in there. So I'll be like two limes. Just like I, I see just, pan, the word Panthers or hmm, Golden Knights. They yes, I'm trying to think about you the game. I was like, I saw the stars were alive because someone blogged it yesterday. So uh, just like two. other than that, though, I couldn't care less. I The Kachucks are involved. I think people think they're kind of fun. Yeah. I don't even know who's on the Golden well, Knights. The, the yeah. Panthers were a fun story when they took down Boston. So other than that, like. I'm always down for a good little sports drama. Like I, people who are like, Oh, I, I, I love this sport, but I can't get into tennis. If you watch two guys, two girls, whatever right, it go is, at it. battling and just like playing great 
dra- dramatic filled sports, you can't get into that. Like, what are you even into this for? Right. You have a pulse. So I'm, I'm definitely down for it. It's just like going in. I, I, I know there's, I think multiple Kachucks on, on yeah. the Panthers. Is that well, fair to say? The, 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 his brother's always in the stands. The okay. Kachuk is, but <laughs> Kachuk is the USA guy that, all the the USA hockey fans get around. He's kind of feisty. They're like, um, it's, it's he's uh, American. Yes, yes. I, I would put my life. That's a Canadian name. How is Chuck <laughs> our 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 go to American talk, sons? It's a good I point. Think, uh, but they're, they're they're like a little bit of feistiness to them. They're like not the Watt brothers. Who who are the others? Bosa brothers. Like the Bosa oh. brothers. A little bit cocky, a little bit feisty, but elite athletes. Um, so everybody's getting getting behind them and. The, the Kachuk guy out of Florida is just one of the best in, to play. Uh, Hefe, Limes, give it to me. One through five. How, how interested in the uh, NHL finals? Not very. I mean, a Lime, just because <laughs> lime. I, wanna, I still want to have a good time, you know. Yes, but yes. Once, once the Rangers, I was so uh, into it and disappointed with how the Rangers lost that I had some interest watching the Devils as the team that knocked you out. And I have friends and family that are Devils fans, so I was watching with a little bit of interest. Yes. After Devils were out too, I have, I have no more interest. I have no limes left. I drank a lot of Corona th- this weekend to celebrate Memorial Day. Hey. <laughs> the American I hear holiday. You. I hear you. <laughs> oh, hey, you got one. So nice. the 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 commissioners uh, to say nothing else on on those two are kind of pissed off about how it worked out. But again, let's just hope for tight series uh, series, maybe six seven games, and then we'll call it a day on that on those sports. Um, and Hefe's too busy rooting for his beloved Heat. He wants Alonzo Mourning to get another <laughs> win as an executive, and Pat Riley just to like you know laugh at Knicks fans yet again. He's too busy enjoying that. <laughs> I mean, Alonzo Mourning gave us that Jeff Van Gundy epic. I mean, was there anything more heroic that a coach could possibly do in that situation with his hair Man, all hanging on? His oh. hair, his hair is what I remember, and him just looking like a little rag doll, like hanging on to his oh. foot. One of the <laughs> best true. images in NBA history. Bar none, bar none. Can we talk right. some Giants, baby? Yes, yes. We'll, 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 we'll talk some Giants, and then we'll let um, our good friend Clem go. He's graced us with his presence again. If you guys aren't following Clem, go follow him at now. Great articles on Barstool. Great podcast out there. Um, give it. Give us a rundown on your podcast. Are you, are you guys, you're doing the Mets podcast? Yeah, we have the Mets podcast, we got to believe. We have um, me and Robbie do uh, like the nerd podcast. We'll do your Marvel stuff, your Star Wars, yes. all that. My mm-hmm. mom's basement. Uh, and then at the Clem Report on Twitter. Again, I write, do all that kind of stuff, edit on Barstool. So, um, and if you hate Barstool, just follow me anyway. Who cares? I don't Let's barstool. Fucking I follow me anyway. I guess my profile has a Barstool logo in it. Uh, <laughs> or, or block me. I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, point, Either way, it's cool. <laughs> I, I love Twitter when it was like 2013 or so. We were all just cracking jokes, having fun. And I feel like it's just gone to a place where I'm like, they took my check. I was like, I don't care anymore. It's not yeah, really it's care. not really that kind of a fun place. So, uh, yeah. You got love. Picks. You got love on this show, Lucas. Monty. Oh, my yeah. guy, Monty. Love, that's okay? my guy. Monty's, Monty's a good guy. Um, all right, so Jeff, you want to transition us into? I do talk because transition us. <laughs> while I was uh, trying not to do my actual job today, I was listening to a lot of Twitter Spaces, and even do. in May or June, you can find a giant space happening twenty four hours a day, which is why I love this fan base, <laughs> psychos. Um, the hot topic of today was DeAndre Hopkins and uh, the Giants' interests. Should they? I mean, most fans are a thousand percent in on this. They they want this guy. Some blank check doesn't matter. Get this guy. Daniel Jones has never had the alpha. Where do you stand on the addition of Hopkins? Mm. Uh, potential addition being that the wide receiver room is pretty crowded now. 
mate? Or yeah, you want to? You can go. Talk? Yeah, you can go. Uh, you, you are the guest. <laughs> so we gotta hear from you. I mean, I, I mean, I love it. I love my guy Danny having the alpha, like you said, and the putting him with Waller, with um, obviously Wandale comes back, and then you have. Mm. I think Hodgkin's only going to get better as he keeps going, all that kind of stuff. I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I was, I had my radars up on it. I'm looking in everywhere. I'm hearing Bills. I'm hearing Chiefs. Yeah, he wants, he wants to win. I'm like, that's a different. I, I love the Giants. They're a good story. That is a different cut above what we are right now, right? And and then even like the Patriots with Belichick and I know Bill O'Brien and him might have had some issues at the time with the Texans, but there is a difference between a coach and like a czar of football which he basically by the end of his time down there and there was a fourth team involved too that i think was even a cut above us don't get me wrong i'd be 100 in i also don't think like hopkins is going to be like the answer here he's not or he wouldn't be aj brown right i don't think he yes like i've I've watched a good amount of his stuff even in arizona and he still has like the most ridiculous hands he still is quick enough and can get enough separation to make it happen but like I just don't think that's going to be the guy. And if that guy stops mm. us from getting the guy next year, I, I just don't want to do it. So I, I'd love yeah. to do it, but I just like, especially Joe Shane, I can't imagine he's a guy who's going to, you know, mess up the whole budget for something when I think Waller as, you know, kind of our number one option, even though he's a tight end, plus the like 17 other guys we have as an option could be like just as good and like not kind of mortgage the future. And I will say this, I downloaded an updated Madden roster and mm. I played with our current offense. And boys, let me tell you, you were cooking? Aaron Waller is going to be <laughs> awesome. He is so good. He is so good. Uh. He, he, you throw, he, he, you, you throw the, the, the deep route. You throw like just kind of the cross that we that Evan Ingram should have been running his whole time with the Giants. Yeah. And he just has the speed. Just let him cook. He has the size. He's a mismatch oh, nightmare. You throw Saquon coming in if he ever signs the franchise deck, whatever <laughs> happens with that. And then like every, like you said, kind of with, um, when Edwin Diaz, if he had been healthy and how everyone got bumped down, now mm-hmm. it's like, you have, Instead of open Hodgins is our number one, he's like our three, and then you know yes. he kind of slightens down to your four, your five, and you're just like, the wow, and getting it, better. You know, yeah. It's like it almost feels crazy to say, you know, Paris Campbell is like the most injury prone guy in the league, and then you know, yeah. going to miss time. <laughs> uh, Shepard, at this point, I know Shepard is like a beloved giant. At this point, you're like almost torturing and being like, come back for another season <laughs> where you are definitely going to get hurt. He's coming back from like an Achilles too. Right? You're, like, got if, him shackled. They're like, like <laughs> if he comes back the same guy as last year, but. What are you guys talking about? It's hard to come uh, back when you're like 25 from this injury at the same rate. I know. And he's doing this at the end of his career. Uh, God so bless him. I, I do think that I'd love to have Hopkins, but I just don't think it's going to happen. So I'm not even allowing myself to get into that right. space. You don't until, get hurt. Remember when um, I almost hate to say these two names. This is like a PTSD. But remember yeah. when like they said like, Galladay was like sleeping over at like the Giants facility or something, yeah, and yeah, got him. Yeah. Was, like, We're having sleepovers. Galladay and Joe Judge, let's go, baby. We got him locked up. <laughs> nothing can go wrong with this signing. Um, uh, so what I'm is 100% it? fine. It it put, throwing Hopkins back to <laughs> someone else, uh, and even the, the I saw this in like they think Kadarius Tony could be the one, and Hopkins will be there. I have no beef with Kadarius Tony. What he did to the Eagles in the Super Bowl meant we yes. were cool for life. For the rest 100%. Of our time in Earned us some major brownie points. Uh, Hefe, do you think D? What, what's your your thoughts on D Hop? Do we have a chance at him? Do you want him? Well, give us a- it, look at this point in his career. He's made enough money, right? And he's gonna he's still gonna make a lot of money no matter where right. he goes. So he even said on a podcast that he's looking at contenders. He's looking at Josh Allen and like so. My guess. 
after listening to right out of his mouth, I'm, he's probably wants Buffalo. Like that's just yeah. my thought. Uh, yeah. Even though it's a shitty place to play outdoors later in the season, <laughs> um, but he wouldn't have. It depends what he wants at this point. Does he still yeah, want to be the alpha? Because Diggs is well established in Buffalo, mm-hmm. so he might be like, "All right, give me the cornerback two then on every fucking team we play, right. and I'm going to eat, and score touchdowns, and win." Maybe that's what he wants. I don't know. The Giants. I think Daniel Jones needs another year of of getting to that top. 10 top 12 status before mm-hmm. wide receivers are like yes like that's where i want to go i think right. he's got i think he has more to prove this year for the giants to be a destination for free agents so hoping they they have another solid year but i mean i said at the beginning of last year that to be fair to joe shane and brian dable i think 2024 so not even this season next season yes. is when the roster will like officially be theirs so long as Leonard Williams is making $32 million, it's not like truly your cap yet, right? Like you're still paying for the sins of Gettleman. So I I think I, it makes sense if they don't want to go broke for this year. I understand yeah. because the Eagles are so superior still as, right. as, 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 as gross as it is to say. Um, so I don't know. It yeah. would be, it was kind of like you want them to do it. So it'll be exciting. But it may not be the smartest thing to do yeah. either. Where Listen, are you at I, with it? I don't think anybody's going to complain about D Hop every gang side. Nobody's going to be like, "Oh, God, we're, we're season's over." No, we would love to have a D Hop here. It, it makes the team better. The question is, I, it, it, does it put the Giants to a Super Bowl level team if you get him? And in my opinion, I still think that we are behind San Francisco and behind Philly in the NFC, and you know, behind the Bills and Chiefs in the AFC, if not more teams. Um, I love D Hop, but I think listen, we have to find out about Daniel Jones this year. And I think what they did uh, so far has built a roster that's the best roster that Daniel Jones has had to work with in his career, up to date. That's college included and NFL included. So you're going to find out about DJ 100% this year. There's no more excuses. And if he proves that he could take this team to uh, you know maybe nine wins, and if you fall short of the playoffs of nine wins, fine. But I guess the schedule is going to be tough. Ten wins, whatever. If he gets you into the playoffs, you know for sure this is your guy, and you got yourself your your starting quarterback. The whole three year out the, uh, uh, part of the deal gets almost eliminated. You start thinking now this is our guy of the future. Then you go get him your his. his you could even dog. restructure again if you wanted. Right. To. Then, then <laughs> you know that you're set. You could restructure him. You you could spend money and and you could spend draft picks to go get your next your your guy. It doesn't have to be an all pro to make this wide receiver room better, a lot better. You could just get you just get your your big time wide receiver, be it the draft or trade. And I talk, talked about this before. Everybody's like, well, a guy like D Hop doesn't always come around. Did you did you have Waller on your radar before this offseason started? No, no nobody, nobody had Waller. You, you go find your guy. That's what you pay your scouts for. That's why you pay your vice GM and your pro pro guys to go find that guy and go trade for him and get him there. But you'll at least know that you have that quarterback situation figured out. Don't get a D hop and create a window for the team that, that, that should, it should be wide open starting next year. Don't create a small window of two years hmm. when you get D hop. Now that that's, that's what I think. Find out about uh, uh, Jones this year, get your alpha next year without paying 30 million, $25 million. And you set yourself up for longer success. So I think that, that that we are all kind of on the same page that D Hop's probably not choosing us anyway. But I true, think for the, I wouldn't mind if Joe yes. Shane picked up the phone and like, right. are we are we close? Give an offer. Reason, yeah, you give like, an offer. Yeah, 
because he would have an opportunity to be, I mean, Giants just have the coach of the year from last year. If he talks to anybody on the Giants, they will tell him what kind of coach Dable is. If Dable gets to talk to him, he'll tell him how he would use him. So like, those are the kind of things that could help draw him here, but right. it might be not what he's looking for. He might be looking for a one-year deal with a Super Bowl contender, and so be it. So we'll see. Yeah. Maybe we'll be that team next year. Maybe we'll be that team that's like right on the precipice and everybody wants to come to our team. The, the and- thing, <laughs> the last thing I'll say about it is just the thought of having D-Hop. And maybe it's just having Ugh. like that alpha. Like we never replaced Odell. He left I'm- and we had a bunch of B receivers. So that's why people was like, we got to bring Odell back. Like we just need a, the guy. Like it doesn't have to be the one that we used to have. But I yep, think yep. imagining the offense with like D-Hop, Waller, Beckham, Hyatt, Jesus Christ. It's like, where do you, who do you stop? Like so much speed and like so many athletes that like, it would be so fun to watch, but it's true. It's true. Uh, well, all right, listen, let's get Clem out of here, but I want it before we go, before he goes, I want to get his take on Barkley. Is Barkley here in, is he playing for us this season? And will he be here in 2024? What does Clem think? Give us your thoughts. So I think he's definitely here this season um i just i don't like the only way he's not is a if they trade him which considering how much they're looking to pay him and how much everyone's looking to pay running backs i don't think anyone's gonna be like all right we'll give you some first round picks for you know right. saquon Barkley, <laughs> and then they're not gonna pay him what well, we're not gonna like he like the giants are probably the team that would pay him the most money out of every yes. team in the league if it was an open market just because i think there is that relationship he's a good fucking dude too yeah which does mean right. something especially to like an owner an owner group like the maras like they love that kind of stuff once a giant always a giant right so i think he's definitely right. staying as someone that had Le'Veon Bell for the uh, holdout season in fantasy, that was kind of <laughs> tough. That was a hard one to swallow. Looking back, should have picked up James Conner. Uh, that was a mistake mm. on my part. Uh, I don't see him doing a Le'Veon. Definitely not. And I, I honestly, like, and I guess they could just franchise him again next year. So I they won't could. even, like, cheat and say, will Saquon ever play on a non-franchise tag in the Giants? I, I'll make that the question. And I say yes. I think they're yeah. going to come to an agreement. I think – like I know the thing is like you go you draft them, you run them to the ground, whatever. I still think as crazy as it is, the injuries he's had has kind of maybe saved some tread on his tires. I am with you on that. Right? I'm with you. <laughs> so in a, in a weird way, it kind of helps his cause, even though yes. it's like I just wait for the next injury with Saquon every time he touches. We've the ball. talked about that too. We feel the same way about the tread on the tires. Yep. So <sighs> I think um, but I do think in the end like the tread plus the fact that he is like a, a good dude and like the exact kind of guy you want for your team. And I do think Dable and Kafka will actually know how to use them, which would yeah. be better than running him to the middle of the line. Like our old right. idiot coordinators used to do and stuff like that. Right. Right. So I think he's back. I think there is still like a, it's not like, like running backs are cooked at the age of 25. No. It's usually like the next contract is when they're cooked. Yes. So we'll yes. run them into the ground this next contract. <laughs> so when I'm on the show in three years, or like, yes. take back in 2028, my answer will be no. But for 2023, four, five, six, maybe seven. Yes, we'll write, we got that right, written down. We're getting down. In three years, Clem will definitely be on the no train. But, <laughs> hey, we respect you, man. Clem, I appreciate you for coming on, talking all things sports with us. You are a New York guy, and that's why we love having you on. Um, hey, Hopefully we can catch a Mets game this summer. If not, we'll see you at uh at, at that uh fucking air conditioner box called MetLife. 
um this fall what do you think bro <laughs> yep i already and i do one tailgate a year now because i'm old i have kids i have to work right. on sunday so i can't it? really go we have it booked right now the schedule is awful because we always try to Terrible. do a sunday day game and obviously there's like none of those there's like of two those. of those yeah <laughs> yeah so there has to be a sunday day game and it has to be before halloween because remember that like blizzard we had that random halloween like 10 yes. years ago ever since then we're like halloween's the cutoff now because we're getting older <laughs> and more washed October 29th, Jets, Giants. I'll be there. I usually, okay. you know, we, we're all in the same tailgate area. I know the Talking mm-hmm. Giants guys are there. Mm-hmm. We're all meeting up. Hefe's, I mean, half in the bag is disrespectful to the bag at this point. <laughs> the man is just fly, he's floating when I usually see him uh, at MetLife. So uh, we'll do the, the same again. Give hugs, give kisses, awesome. and uh, do some shots together. <laughs> I right? may have kissed your Love head it. last time. Love I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Giants <laughs> Fan Fest. Has that been an. Uh, when does that usually happen? Is that the beginning August? of August or yeah, August? middle August? Yeah, mid August. I feel like because I think uh, I forget where I saw Clint. You're right, man. I must have been because I don't know where when I saw you. I have no idea which. I saw you at a Giants game. It was at it was... A, I think I think it was at a Giants game. Uh, I think it was week tailgate. one. Might yeah, week it was one. <laughs> was that week? Was that week one? No, well, was... week two. It was week one was in oh, Tennessee right. last year, right? Right, right, right. Opener. It was first it was the home, home opener. Home opener. opener. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah home I always try to make the home opener. Vibes are good. Five that was a gross good. game too. I remember being like, <laughs> I don't know about this team because that was like the grossest looking, but that was when they were still figuring out the offense and they knew what the defense was. But yeah, we'll definitely do it. Fan Fest, I have to tell you boys, like they got to do a better job because I, I take the kids to Fan Fest and I'm trying to brainwash them. They were like, yeah. I'm hot dad. Like they enjoyed, oh, you know, eating, whatever. But there's like, or I could go wait in a, you know, three hour line to get Jarrell Jernigan's autograph. Like that's not fun. For kids, guys. <laughs> or wait, you know, 45 minutes to go in a bouncy house for 10 seconds. They don't want that. So if the matters yes. want to come, let's figure out how to make fan fest a fun thing for the kids. I'm so that us dads can all, you know, get drunk yes. and, you know, have I'm, writing letter. I'm writing it up to, tonight and we'll, we'll, we're going to get this game going. Uh, but come again, appreciate Thank you. you. Go get some sleep, my man. I had a tough day. Get some sleep and uh, get back at it tomorrow, man. Two nothing Mets. LFG. Let's, Let's go. Two here, nothing. Let's close it out. Come on, baby. Later, guys. <laughs> All Later, right, brother. Clem, peace. Um, that was awesome, man. He's uh, Clem's. If you guys aren't, like I said, if you aren't following Clem, genuine great guy. Just yep. uh, uh, as he, you can through and through. Yeah. Um, but listen, we were talking Barkley, so I figured I we'd get a, a awesome cap guy in here. Uh, my man NYG Mason uh, on Twitter. If you guys aren't from, he is—he's my capologist. He—he, I, I go to him for everything because he—he—he he, he knows his shit. He knows his numbers, and I wanted to create a segment here called "Explain It to Me Like I'm a Casual." Uh, so, like, if if you're a casual fan, which listen, you don't even have to be a casual fan to not understand the cap. Because the cap is a fucking weird thing, man. It's most people thing. that understand the cap still don't understand the cap. <laughs> because they'll say so, a team can't do something and they'll do yeah, it every time. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it, it is what it is. But hey, um, Mason, welcome to the show. Welcome to New York Revival. I'll give you a round of applause, my man. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How are we doing? Do, um, we wanted to to uh kind of have you talk to us like we're like a like a like a five year old? You know, explain the cap to us. Explain how we're gonna get Saquon back at a good number. Can you tell tell us your thoughts on it? Um, what kind of numbers are we looking at? And, uh, and also, you know, how we're gonna sign D Hop, extend Andrew yes. Thomas, uh, <laughs> bring D Hop and, and extend Leo, extend Dory, yes. extend everybody, and, and yes. keep everybody happy, right? Oh shit! Um, What's Mason's plan? What's right, Mason's where plan? Where do we start? Where do we start? All right, all right, all right. So first things first. It's funny, Happy, that you said that. You know, teams will just make shit up and they do it. And because Jason Fitzgerald actually talked about that in his podcast 
I think like about a month or two ago, he's like, dude, he's like, sometimes they just, they make shit up and they just do it. And it's like, it comes it out of nowhere. Like it, nobody yeah. really knows how right. it works. So, uh, but anyway, all right. So let, let's start with the most basic part, right? The Giants have about $4 million in space right now, right? Not a lot. When, Not a lot. And that's, that's the top 51, right? When they go to 15, when they go to 53 players, you're going to add two players, which means you lose about $2 million in space for those two contracts, ballpark, mm-hmm. right? So realistically, they've got about $2 million in space right now, okay? <laughs> they need to make, if, they're, if you're targeting their numbers that they say they want, another $10 million for the season. Plus, uh, for the p- practice squad, they're going to need about 4 to $5 million. And people say I'm crazy when I say that, but I'll walk you through those numbers in a second. Mm-hmm. So that means that you've got about 12 to $13 million they need to make just for this season, okay? Now, how they go about that, how they do that is a different issue, right? Because the, the bare minimum that they have to make is the space for the practice squad. They could leave the season operating space, you know, open for uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, and restructure a Dorian Leo later on in season before the mm. trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So they carry over as little dead money into next year as possible if right. they had to. But again, you're kind of, you're kind of leaving yourself open to, to not having the flexibility to do it right away. But basically the way the practice squad works is like this. Think of it as 16 guys are on your team at a minimum of $12,000 a week for Damn. 18 weeks. That's nice. three and a half million dollars. We should have been okay. NFL players, dude. Well, I mean, at, at a minimum, right? <laughs> at a minimum, three and a half, three and a half million dollars. If you take the smallest possible, um, you know, vet, you know, league min, minimum deal, it's about forty-four thousand dollars a game that it cost. That <laughs> you know, that that player will cost you when you elevate them onto the roster. Okay, right. So if you figure that you have two elevations a week essentially 14 players on on your practice squad for 18 weeks that's three million dollars just for the practice squad and one and a half million dollars in elevations so it means you're going to spend at least four and a half million dollars yeah okay this bass not adding up right now <laughs> right so you know you still have to make that space you got to have that space there in order to be able to in order to be able to run your practice squad now right where can this money come from? Restructures, extensions, and cuts, right? If you cut Leo now, it's basically a post-June 1 cut. You're going to save $18 million against the cap. Mm. If, you're gonna, if you cut AJ, it's going to be nine and a half. Darnay Holmes is about 2.94. But, right. you know, you got to have somebody replace him, right? So, you know, it's not, it's not a hard savings, if that makes sense. Right. Trading Leo after June 1, you save 18, Adori 11.6, Darnay, you save 2.94 minus whoever replaces them, right? Extensions, well, that's, that's, that's the tricky part, right? Saquon can net you anywhere from three to $8 million in space. Leo can get you about, give or take uh, $10 million. Adori Jackson, another six, right? So you're looking at about twenty million dollars in space that you can make theoretically for this year. Right? Okay. Yeah. That's so. You know, uh, sorry about uh, twenty to twenty-four million dollars in space that you can make for this year. Now, you know, it, it's kind of like, 
well, I feel like they want to take their medicine on Leo, though, right? They yeah, they, no, they just I mean, don't take it. Take it exactly, exactly. Because if you restructure Leo or Dory this year, you're not adding years to their contract. You're just basically making space this year and making dead money next year. Right. So whatever space you you make this year, you lose next year by restructuring them. If you extend them, no matter what you do with Leo, if his hits are 15 plus million dollars a year, he's going to be about a $20 million a year cap hit this year, next year, and the following year anyway. Right. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, yeah, you're, that's you're a lot. without a paddle. <laughs> you know, with a Dory, kind of the same thing, right? But it doesn't look like they want to keep a Dory around based on, you know, what we're seeing so far, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a Saquon extension can save you anywhere from three to eight million dollars. Okay. Now, speaking of things that they could possibly do with Saquon, let's say he doesn't agree to a new contract, signs a tag. I don't know if a team's ever done this, but in theory, they could restructure his tag, mm. flip it on to bonus, add a bunch of void years, right? And save $8 million in space this year, but they're going to create $8 million in, neg- in, in lost cap space next year. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Void years, meaning you're going to pay him without a roster, like without him being yeah, on the roster, he's not, committing to pay yeah. it without him actually being there. Right. Yeah. Right. Now the key part with void years is the player has to agree to it because they are technically recoverable. Um, the team can, can recoup, can, re- oh. can, uh, does have a clawback provision for that. But usually what they do is they say, listen, we're flipping this money into void years. You're getting right. it. Don't worry about it. Right. You know right. I mean? Um, the, uh, so, you know, speaking of Saquon and, and his deal, the problem is, is obviously it seems like he thinks he's worth old <laughs> running back money, right? Mm. He needs a new and, agent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's worth, you know, and, and the fact that he's not firing his agents tells <laughs> me or would indicate to me that he's on the same page as they are. Mm. So, you know, they're kind of lockstep. You know, it's not like DJ in his situation, right? Where right. He wasn't, where no, he, he hired the right agent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, and Kimmy Ollie's a sharp, a sharp chick. I mean, she's a sharp, yeah. a sharp chick. Yeah. I mean, knows her stuff, right? right? Um, you know, highly respected, but you know, market value right now is in that eight to ten million dollar range, right? Not only that, so every she, every every free agency, you're getting a handful of big running back names that are available that that still have tread on their tires, but like mm-hmm. no one's gonna pay what they're asking anymore. She, exactly. she, it seems like he, she's fighting the the whole NFL right now. She's fighting the NFL to get her guy to reset to bring back this RB market, this old RB market that I don't know if there's a chance it ever comes back, man. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 wonky because his value is really his really tanked. I mean, he you know, he's lost real money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything, you know, a fair deal might be in that twelve million dollar range, right? Uh, you know, and anything above that is is pretty much highway robbery. So the question is, is where where do they come in at? I think he's I think he's get he's gonna have to play on the tag. Yeah. I think you know he's he's gonna end up on the tag. Uh, you know, I'm curious to find out if they can actually restructure the tag. That would actually be pretty cool if they can. I'm, I'm assuming cool. they can. Um, I didn't you know, know that was a thing. Make, See, I learned yeah. something tonight. This is why I mean, he's explaining to us like we're casuals. He's explaining. To us. <laughs> so I mean, if you look at if you look at Chubb Steel, right? Chubb Chubb Steel was really the richest in terms of signing bonus to total value, guarantees at signing to total value, and his total guarantees to total value. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his deal was the richest as far as that goes. Right. Um, you know, so Saquon's deal would probably be pushing those in terms of the overall percentages and everything. But the question is, is do they get to a number that works, right? Yeah. If the, you know, if the Giants, like for instance, let's say you do a, a $336 million deal um, and the Giants want to save seven this year compared to his tag number, right? I mean, you're looking at $3 million this year, 16 and a half over the next two years each, mm-hmm. right? In terms of hits. Um, so, he, you know, you're basically paying him million, dollars over two years, you know, 25 over two years, right. To to play ball. And, you know, and then you're getting rid of them in year three with about $3 million in dead money. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just not a, it's not a great situation because of everything we inherited, obviously with, with, (laughs) with, you know, with Leo and all that stuff. Right. Um, That's what it is. the, The Leo thing is throwing every, a wrench and everything. And, it's just unfortunate that Saquon and DJ are all it's all happening at one time. And to pay your second best defensive <laughs> lineman who's not an edge rusher, thirty-two yeah. million dollars means somebody <laughs> fucked up. <Yeah. laughs> it it's is true. ridiculous. It's true. Mason, Mason, thank you for yeah. sharing the knowledge. Yeah. I feel smarter. Best, no worries. Now the, the difficult the hard part with D Hop though, talking speaking of the D Hop situation is you know, you you just got to make that space to get to the season and make it work, right? Yeah. Now to bring D-Hop in, you got to make more more space, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that's got to come from somewhere, and that adds to the cost of bringing D-Hop, D-Hop on. So if you, gave D-Hop, if you gave D-Hop the OBJ deal, right, which is basically a $15 million fully guaranteed deal with $3 million in incentives, right, you're going to end up with an $11 million dead money hit next year, He's yeah. not even on the roster, plus $4 million in cap space from this year that you've had to shift over to next year. So he's really costing you $15 million next year anyway. Right. So it's really a $19 million contract that you're giving that guy plus whatever incentives to be on your team. I, I would – listen, I love the idea of bringing him on, but we all do. Not, with the way, <laughs> not with the way the math works out right now. Right, right. If, it, if, if you're – Having, if we're having this discussion next year, absolutely, let's do it. Right, right. That's you know? that's the whole crux of the situation, man. That's that's what we've been saying. We all, nobody here is anti D Hop. It just time and place. It it just doesn't it, like we just talked about it, it, the Leo contract happening now and D and Jones and Saquon. The D Hop just came along with the one year too early. I feel like that's that's what it all seems like. But yeah. uh, it, 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 but listen, Mason, we appreciate you for clearing this up for us a little bit. We always love having your knowledge on the show, and um, thanks for you know, I, I feel smarter. I feel smarter now. I feel. <laughs> I don't know about you, Hefe. <laughs> Slightly, but again, I'm only working yeah. with 25. percent Bring yes. it <laughs> dude. I, I've got less than that, so don't worry. About that. <laughs> Mason, appreciate you, my man. Thank uh, you, brother. Catch you later. Love you, man. Peace. All right, man. Hey, so I feel Listen, I feel like less of a casual now when it comes. We're to gonna that. we're gonna hang out for um, like 10 more minutes or so, but we're gonna bring on two of our very very good friends yes r0 hello monty what's up boy? hello what up, may i applause for you after you because yeah, we haven't talked enough football today actually listen to you guys talk football all day <laughs> yeah you guys have been li- you guys have been listening to me all fucking day so i'm surprised you even want me on this fucking show <laughs> 
Me too, to be honest. Apparently, I can't, I can't get enough of this guy. You're supposed to be like, no, we love you. Come back. We love you, bro. We love you, man. One so, listen, we want to get your thoughts on a couple of things. Uh, you want to lead a Hefe? What do you want to ask him? Well, R0 wants wants to lead. Oh, oh no, no, clear, no, you, you know what? Clearly, Glass don't want it, so that's fine. You know, we'll, <laughs> Come you know, bring we'll, it. Let's go. Oh, you Because I haven't done I'm, it in a while because PTA doesn't have guy. his fucking shit together. So that we can get back on our fucking show grind. So if you're watching PTA, hurry the fuck up because my that? Saturdays are getting boring. But finally, R Zero B and Monty have come back to New York revival. Now I'm gonna take a, a line one. from one of my favorite movies. You guys are all fucking Italian. You guys live in New York, so you know the movie too. My cousin Vinny. Everything that guy just said mm-hmm. is bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> love you, Mason. Tell what's going us, on, what's boys? Your thoughts on, tell, tell us why you love D-Hop and why he needs to be on the on the uh, New York Football Giants of 2023. Because we all know well, you love him. Yeah, I mean, look, I, at the end of the day, whether he comes, he comes. If you don't, he don't. You know, my thought process or my evaluation on Daniel Jones is not premise on whether D-Hop is on this roster or not. Uh, let me first say that, you know, first and foremost. Um you know, but adding DeAndre Hopkins to this roster, I think, elevates this roster um, a, a huge way uh, when it comes to, you know, the talent that's on this roster. I think there's a big talent gap between Waller and everybody else. And if you add a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins, I think that only adds to your weaponry, especially when you're getting later on in the year. You know, Jalen Hyatt could be having a great a great year, but at the end of the day, in the big moments in the super, you know, like Super Bowls, but like in the playoffs, if you were to go, you, it's good to have those guys that have been around the league and know how to take advantage of those situations versus a rookie, you know, and stuff like that. So it makes it a little bit, you know, a little bit of a a more positive room. Look, at the end of the day, you make the cap work. We have fifty nine million dollars in cap space next year. We're not investing it into you know, a New York savings and loan. We're not buying gold. We're not, you know, putting it into Fort Knox, you know, so we have 49 guys on the roster next year under contract. You know, of course we're going to give Andrew Thomas an extension. He's he's his, that's his fifth year options already counted into that $59 million. Make it work, you know, right. make it work, figure it out. If they want him, which Pat Leonard says that they're interested, they were contacting them to trade for him. They wanted to give up, a trade asset for him potentially. Now you don't have to. So if they want him, they'll get him. If they don't want him, move on. But like I said, uh, my judgment yeah. on Daniel Jones is not going to change. Let's you know, fair. based on whether he's here or not. It's all fair, Monty. Hello, sir. First of all, the beard. God, that beard is looking uh, right. Good. Yeah, like it's fantastic. I could it honestly like, like talking. I I was looking at the beard <laughs> yeah, me too. When it's I like he looking. just got off a motorcycle and it was like really windy. It's, it's, it's kind it's of good. brushed to the side a little bit. It is. I was like looking. I'm like, I, I don't know how this got cowlicked. <laughs> I should put some of that money into glasses from 1987. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> these are like my Tom Cruise. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. You got the. From, I feel from, the need for the from Top Gun, not not yes. Maverick. Top Are those strictly yeah. <laughs> podcasting sunglasses because they look very clean? So Tim, yes, I've cleaned them. Tim doesn't <laughs> want me to wear these glasses when we're doing the podcast. He wants me to be me, but this Just, me, I miss this me right I like here. You, I like you know. I, we, we started I, I like to talk it. to Monty, and you still haven't let him. Sorry, Monty. Rubbed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. Monty sorry, has not man. talked yet. I'm sorry. How are we, how we doing, boys? 
We're doing, yeah, fantastic, how are you doing man. my man. What, what's your thoughts? Uh, D I haven't talked to you. Us. Yeah. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Monty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We haven't heard. We have, yeah. This is 10 hours. Tell the people that weren't in the space. How, how Monty feels about this whole situation. So, I mean, I'm torn on it because obviously as a fan, I'd love to have DeAndre Hopkins. And I right. think he would, you know, we do need a one. Like there's no doubt about it. Like I think Waller is our one in some senses, but I mean, at the end of the day, if like Waller lives up to what I think he can be and our wide receivers live up to what we hope they can be, I think we'll probably still be going into next offseason. Like, hey, we could really use an alpha wide receiver on this team. So, like, you know, there's one sitting there in free agency. Um, you know, Joe Shane would be stupid not to give him a call and see if they can get something done. But, you know, at the end of the day, they – you know, we have, as Mason was saying, we basically have no cap left right now. So anything, I, we can get a deal done, but anything we're doing is just taking, say, Bigger hit $18 million year. a year. That's pushing $36 million the next year, essentially, and taking mm-hmm. it out of six five. Do a third year, you can take a little bit off of that, guaranteed. You know, there's a lot of ways to mess with it. You know, I trust Shane, if they do, he does do it, to figure out the best way to kind of mitigate that. But yeah. I don't know. For me, I, I feel like... You know, I'm not going to say no to Hopkins, but I do feel like the Giants did a great job this offseason with adding, you know, getting rid of the lowest level players on the receiving core, replacing them with NFL quality players, and then bringing in a one type player in Waller, where we, you know, if he's healthy, he can be that difference maker. Mm-hmm. I feel like they did all that without having to, you know, pull out the void years and like really dip into the future money. So, you know, again, I wouldn't be upset about it, but I definitely think uh, you got to be cautious about making that type of decision. If you feel confident Hopkins is going to be the Hopkins we saw, make them make the move. But if you feel like you're getting 75 percent of what Hopkins is still great, I don't you might you might hesitate on making a move like that when you have to kind of move so many pieces to make right. the money work that's I, a, that's kind of where it, i want it's a balls on the table move that it, it, either either they're gonna get chopped off or you're gonna look like you're gonna look like a genius like it, it, i feel like there's no in between with this move like no it, it's 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 an all-in move and i just like make the move yeah like it's a move that the chiefs and bills should make and it, like it, it's a move that 2024 giants i want to make it's yep. a, it's a, for 2023 I just I feel I feel a little bit of hesitancy, and I don't know why because I love D Hop the player. I want him on this team, but I just feel deep down. It in just your plums, it well, do you feel window. it in your plums though? Because that's how you know if it's plums. true. Or so not. I want to know what a fucking plum is. I know it's a sweet fruit. <laughs> oh, that's what you're talking about, guys. Yes, <laughs> yes. Got yes. it. Now it's all it's all coming. It's all coming. Look, I mean, that's my favorite clip of the night, right there. Uh, that's definitely going on Twitter. <laughs> the way I want, yeah, it is absolutely is. <laughs> uh, look, Spiro, I mean, I hear what you're saying, right? But like, uh, kind of, we went over the free agent wide receivers in the space today, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's some attractive names. Let's just say, for argument's sake, right? Say the Giants go ten and ten and seven, right? We go ten and seven. You know, we make it to you know the the postseason. Maybe we win a wild card. Right. And then you lose into the division round again. But say, look, Daniel Jones is is playing good. Right. He played good. Maybe did a little bit better than he did last year. Right. Maybe said, okay, you know, we may have something here. He's proven something. And at that point, you need that that you just felt like 
he was making all the plays. You just didn't have the arsenal, right? Maybe you get into the playoffs and they do a great job. You go up against Philly and they do a great job of bottling up Saquon, really taking out Waller out of the game, and you just didn't have the other pieces around him to get over that hump to compensate, right? The guys that are available, Michael Pittman is not putting you over the top there, right? He's not that that guy that's going to be like, yeah, man, wow, we added this guy. That's really going to put, put them over the top, right? Maybe you could say Mike Evans, but Mike mm-hmm. Evans is really like a one-trick pony. He's a he's a deep guy, big physical guy. He's going to be a little bit, always a little bit slower than what DeAndre Hopkins is. That's not necessarily going to move the needle. A guy that would really move the needle for you, maybe you could say would be like, what, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, uh, something like that. But those guys aren't going to be available. So they're not going to be there. Whereas if you went and you got a guy like a DeAndre Hopkins now, I think for me that puts you into potentially – like a contender conversation because now you've got a lot of different weaponry potentially. Now, if say the same thing happened, maybe you get to the division round again, you lose, you build off of that. Now, you know, you're going into next season. Yeah. Maybe D hop is one year older, but he's been in the system. Maybe now Hyatt, because he didn't have to be that big time guy in that first year. He learned behind D hop. He was able to be the number two gets his feet wet, he evolves into being a big-time playmaker next year, making even more plays, stuff like that. It makes your offense a little bit more a little bit more potent, a little bit more dangerous going into that next year, or maybe somebody does become available. Maybe there's a wide receiver in the draft that you go for that you add mm-hmm. as that, that third guy right in, in, your, in your rotation, or maybe Wandell Robinson emerges. I just think I, I don't want to get to the postseason if we make it, and because teams will do this, we've seen this on a regular basis, except of course for us, because we couldn't fucking stop TJ Hawkinson, like if our life fucking depended on it, <laughs> we're not going to go into that. Um, but like, I don't want to get into the postseason and we go up against a team like the Eagles or something like that. They take Waller out of the game. They box up Saquon Barkley and it's just like, ah. you there's know, no, and then we yeah. just, there's nothing like we couldn't move yeah. the ball. You got an inexperienced rookie. You got Paris Campbell who's never been to the postseason. Slayton and Hodgins, like, they couldn't get it done last year, so what are we going to expect for them to do this year? Like, I would just hate for that to happen and just be like, man, we just didn't have the firepower. Like, we just did not have enough. It would break my heart. And I get what you're saying, especially as a fan, because, you know, if we get in that situation, you know, at that point, it'd be, fuck it. I I want whoever we can to make it through. But me sitting here in July is – we know we're not going. You can add Hopkins. We're still not standing up to the Eagles. And yeah, the I don't know if the, it, it puts Eagles. us over. It's, I think we have a shot, and you never know once you get in the postseason. We don't have chance. Oh, fuck it. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take Hopkins. But me yeah. sitting here now, I'm like, that's yeah, all. I, I, it's all great, but I we're still we're still far behind those teams. Mm. And, well, especially when they're when they're that. when their defensive line, like Philly specifically, can just gobble up our offensive line to the point of the we weapons be able to get to the don't reach. matter when you don't have time. And like that's yeah. one thing I expect to see improvement this year. And I think well, by twenty twenty four, you add another piece again, and with that offensive line getting sturdier and sturdier you'll see more and more explosive plays. Mm. Like a lot of times it's the second read or giving a chance. So like 
if you have to move Daniel Jones out in motion, you, you got Waller, you got Hyatt that could be screaming across the field. Like those plays are going to be there, but it just, we just might have to wait because I do think 24 is the first year where we'll be able to say, I think we can legitimately have a shot like to, to actually go like this year. If it's playoffs, that's awesome. It would be, I think way overachieving to get to the NFC championship with this roster, this line specifically. So a lot of young players that need to develop. And yeah. And I think, listen, I think we're, we're get, we're at the beginning of a very nice run because I do think Shane and Dave's are going to be here a very long time. And if they keep doing this year over year, they're going to be putting a hell of a roster together that like, I, I don't look at another team and think we're going to get out coached. Right. Like, I just think if we lose, it's, it's probably because of O-line strength talent. and because talent. of talent. Yeah. yeah. But the thing what? is too, like with the O-line though, right? There's ways to, there's ways to compensate that. And we saw it on Sunday night football against Washington. The first game we played against them, their D-line was getting a lot of penetration pause. And, you know, they were getting in there and attacking Daniel Jones. What did they do on Sunday night? Quick reads. They they made they had quick routes to not allow the Washington Commanders D-line to have an opportunity to get through the line of scrimmage, right? When you have a guy like D-Hop, what does D-Hop do? Gets quick separation with his, with his routes. So that's something that if JMS is struggling or something like that, or the offensive line is struggling, you can get it to the point where you know you're going to have a guy like Waller that can get open quickly. You have a guy like D-Hop that can get open quickly. If you can get those quick routes and just get that line, because that's basically what happened in that Sunday Night Football game, quick routes, and that line kind of backed off a little bit because they were anticipating those quick reads have the Daniel Jones get that ball out of his hand. If you can then get them to hesitate a little bit, now you may open up a deep shot down the field to Slayton or Hyatt or something like that. You know, so that's the thing. Like they praise separation. That's what Joe Shane has been. We want guys that can get open, that can get separation, that can run clean routes. This just screams. Like I was who was I talking to today? Like I was talking to somebody today and I said, I was talking to Mike. It was in my space. And I said, look, hands down, the team that makes the most sense is Kansas City. Like, if he just wants to win, like, unless you go to Cincinnati, Kansas City is the only team that you know for a fact I can give a 98 or 99% chance they're going to be in the Super Bowl. Unless you're with Cincinnati, because Cincinnati has that opportunity where they can beat him because they've done it already. Ravens haven't done it. Buffalo hasn't done it. They've collapsed in the playoffs. If if Kansas City's not going to offer you the money that you're potentially looking for, what is your next best option? The NFC is the weakest it has ever been in a long, long, long time. The teams that you have to go through, Seattle, San Francisco, Dallas, Philly, maybe Green Bay, Detroit, that's that those are weak teams, two of which are in your division. Two of which are in your division. So if you can go to a team like maybe oh, <laughs> <I just thought. laughs> if you got a fucking but if you can if you can go to a team like the Giants, right? You have an opportunity where it's less of a, a, a less of a of a trial to get to mm. where you want to go. For sure. I totally so. get that part. 
Uh, all right, so switching gears real quick off the off of D Hop. Before we end the show, I want to ask you guys real quick a uh, question. Yeah. Who's your dark horse at wide receiver to come through and make an impact in in twenty twenty three? Not not your hot like not your Hodge and not your Waller. Obviously, who's a tight end. But who's your dark horse that's going to be that guy that I know Monty's answer. I would say actually only take I think Waller I already know Monty's because answer. Well, the, yeah. the receivers we brought back are like almost on the same it level. Could be any one of them. So yeah, I would say I would say any receiver who's like who's going to Who be the leading receiver current yes. group. How about that? Leading receiver current group. Do you want to you want to go, Rob? You go, Monty. You, you, I no, you, you go first. But I already okay. think I know. Who you're gonna choose? And we're not doing well, Ford I mean, Wheaton. Not doing- yeah. <laughs> That's who I was gonna think you were gonna not- choose. No, um, if he does it, bold. so be it. But I actually think Vegas you know, will give we, you a nice we were, out This guy was getting a lot of shade today in the spaces, but a guy who I actually could like see having a bigger impact. People think is is uh, Isaiah Hodgins. I do think yes. Isaiah Hodgins is a guy who, when you see guys come in to uh, mid season. You don't typically see guys. You don't typically <laughs> see guys have a big, a big impact on a team. Mm-hmm. You see big time like wide receiver ones get traded at, at at the trade deadline. You typically don't see that year one. And I know, obviously, a huge part was that that he was with Dable in Buffalo. But right. keep in mind, this guy was is outside of Shep who we know we who knows what Shep's going to be if Shep's healthy you know it's great but he is the best route runner on this team if you mm-hmm. look at Isaiah Hodgins he's a very good route runner I I never chimed in saying say the space is saying he's only good against zone that is not true at all he had an 82nd percentile win against press coverage last year Let's he's go. very good against man and press he's a good runner he's not a long guy he's not a right. deep route player he's not going to be the guy that that does that. But the thing is you brought in so many guys to this team to do that. You brought in Wally, you brought in Paris Campbell, you brought in Jalen Hyatt, you brought, brought back, back Darius Slayton. <laughs> know what you still need? Plenty of speed is a, there. Is a guy who can work underneath. You don't really, you, that, that is what you're missing out of those guys. That's what Hodgin does. And that's Daniel Jones still needs his safety blanket. And I think he can be his safety blanket. Yes. I could see him be, I don't know if like outside of, I'd say, Waller's probably the one guy I'd be like, that's a thousand yard guy, but he's a tight yeah. end. But also the wide receivers, I don't think we have a thousand yard wide receiver, but I, I could so see Hodgins being like an 800, 900. I think Odell was guy. the last thousand yard receiver we had. Yeah, probably. Monty, we were just, I was just talking about if you extrapolate those numbers out that he had, he had close to 400 yards. And the first couple of games, he wasn't even a full time starter at that point. But if you extrapolate what he did for the, the, that, that season, he ends up around 800 yards. And eighteen, eight touches. You know, that's, he built trust fast with Jones. And that's production, yeah. and he caught everything. Like yeah, I used to joke, say, hand. "Guy catches everything." He literally caught everything. He did not yeah, drop a pass. Now he will drop two in week one. Obviously. All right, real quick, Rob, what you got? Who's your guy? Who's your who's your uh, leading wide receiver? If we don't have D Hop, obviously. <laughs> no more D Hop. Mm. I hide out Waller. I'm going to go Wandell Robinson. Yes. Nice. I'm going to go Wandell. Um, I think, I think it's probably going to be a few weeks before, you know, I, well, he said he'd be ready week one, but I can see him probably, you know, being ready by week four, maybe kind of getting his feet wet a little bit, 
You know, they come in in certain situations. I could see him possibly being a full goal by week five or week six, which gives him a full like 10 or 11 weeks to play. Uh, and I think that he's going to have a big, a big, big impact. I could have said Jalen Hyatt and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. I think that's a guy that if you're looking for like the underneath, if you're looking for somebody that you can move around, be like a little bit of a gadget, a little bit of a good possession guy, that's a guy that I think can really come on uh, for the – 10 or 11 weeks if that's how many games he has to play and be a little bit more of a reliable, uh, a reliable player for this offense. Mm. Um, I like it. So that to me, that would be like my little dark horse yes. type of type of guy. That Ricky about worked well in our offense. So. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it, that it, he, if you saw what he did in that last game before he got injured on an offense that was still lacking people around him, and you know, it, it, there's a big. He got a lot him. of touches in that game. Like they were feeding targets, him the football. Nine catches. Yeah. They were <laughs> now. This is what I hope too. Like I hope that he watched Richie James. Like and how, like how they were using him. Right. I'm not saying Richie James is like this world beater. Right. But like the one thing that I noticed with Wandale is like I don't know. Like when he ran, like his his body was like off, like the way he was running and, and crap. Like he looked off balance. Be smooth. I hope that in this off season, like he's working on catch that ball, make your cut and go. Yeah. Don't like, don't like try to like rookie because he was a yeah, rookie. He's yeah. kind of getting feeling his way through. Yeah, exactly. But do it like with more confidence. Like uh, what I will say about Richie James is for the most part, Richie caught everything with this. Like mm -hmm. he caught everything with his hands Wandell made a lot of, and Monty, correct me if I'm wrong, but Wandell looked like he was making a lot of catches with his body. Mm. With a, it looked like, it's like got, they got were, the little arms, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like be confident in yourself. Know you're going to take a little, a little bit of that hit, but look at that confidence how of how Richie James played. It seemed like Richie James didn't even care like if he was going to get rocked. He just yeah. caught it, took a hit. Play with that confidence when you when you get in there, and I hope that's something that because Shep played like that too, and I hope that that's something that Shep mm. coaches into him. Be like, listen, just go out there and do your thing. Don't worry right. about it. Don't think about it too much. Just go out there and play. Yep. And yep. hopefully it works out. I think it will. I probably would have said, yeah, I would have said Hodgins if uh, if Monty didn't Monty because I'm it. bigger. I'm bigger on Hodgins, and he pretty yeah, much said everything I was going to say. So yeah. I'm going to switch yeah. and say Jalen Hyatt to say somebody new because whether by his own ability flashing so much that he just gets more playing time early on or through injuries or whatever, I could see him getting thrown into a much bigger role faster. And you also have to remember that they draft guys for reasons. Like there's something that they saw in him and exactly how to use him in this offense Seems like they're throwing the ball deep in practice a lot already to him. He had two touchdowns today. He's flashing oh, early, getting that connection going. So why not? We we see rookie receivers be able to have success right away. So I'm going to go uh, with someone new and say Jalen Hyatt because he's going to get a lot of chunk yards. So like when he has games, it's going to be big games, um, whereas Hodgins has to work a lot harder with underneath routes to have the yardage add up. So give me Jalen Hyatt, the rookie, Going over 800 yards. Beautiful. Do Let's we think go. he wears 84? I hope not. I think It'll he's going to end up on you. It'll yeah, listen. You. 
Randy I don't. Moss I actually don't mind him wearing 84. 84. Randy Moss, yeah. that's right. I hate that Waller's wearing number 12. I yeah, I, I, I did they so. just did it. numbers like world the world. Yeah. Dude, like when Cager <laughs> and Waller just Cager, did it standing there next to each other. That messes me up. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like just Waller, you like just rip the fucking jersey off of him and just t- say, give me this bitch and yes. just put it on. Like, why would you but want to wear? Fucking I think Hefe said this best though. If he if he's scoring touchdowns and, he, and he's doing Waller things, nobody's gonna give two fucks about what number he's wearing. No. Twelve looks good like once it. it's scoring touchdowns. You know, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I think I it'll like grow it. on me. Um, he feels like an. I don't. Eighty four. Eighty four is. I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like a fast number. Right. Like like it's gonna slow him down. Yeah. Like okay. So like this is probably like seven. I know you guys wanted to go, but like what numbers are like available? Like he can't wear eleven, which is what he wore in Tennessee. That's retired. Yeah. Eighty seven. Like did he wear what number did he wear in high school? Do we know what number he wore in high school? He wore seven. But seven is retired. Seven is retired, yeah. so nobody can wear that. Seven, fucking every number that we yeah. these guys can wear are 11. fucking retired. Hey, we'll 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 see. Uh, we might get my boy Sills. I, I don't think that he's gonna <laughs> make it. But uh, uh, third, third, his favorite wide receiver growing up was Odell. Ooh, so, wow. okay. So if hey. Sills goes to the practice squad, his jersey becomes available. Correct. Yep. Yeah. All right, Sills, that get the fuck on the practice squad. You Monty's I'd like, rather see that, think. bro, than – Look, I don't mind the 84. You know what I'm saying? Like, I look at it like this. He wore, He's wearing 84 right now. The last person to wear 84 when he was disrespected by the fucking Dallas Cowboys is Randy Moss. And when Dallas Cow- when he played the Dallas Cowboys, he scored three fucking touchdowns he and went for almost 200 there. yards. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to see them use Jalen Hyatt. I can't wait. <sighs> I'm so excited. It's June, hey. three months. We got three months. Hundred days. Hundred days. Oh yes. Hundred three. I post you, this every day, Spiro. You do. I almost I know, post I know. it. I, I, ma- I, I made it. Why is it that he's always liking my shit, but you're always the last one? He's always the first one to like my shit. And I have you two in two separate group chats. No, but I get there. I get there. I, Eventually. It takes me some time. It I break your balls, time. Rob, but at least I like your shit. I, Jeez. I know. You do like my shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, listen, um, thank you for coming on. We're going to wrap the show, but uh, we couldn't end it with two better guys. Mm-hmm. Monty, R0, some of our fucking day ones. Just down-ass dudes. Everybody in the chat, too. Thanks for hanging Everybody out. Everybody in chat. Tuto, I see you out there coming in late. Always Tuto. tapping in from Italy. You know, where, you know where I'll be tomorrow. Oh yeah, we feel we'll find. Everybody knows where to find Rob. Everybody I'll speak knows up to tomorrow. Find. I'm gonna just look at the top. Are of that you? Twitter are you gonna take line. a fucking mic? Because like, yeah, I just, I just had too much today. work to do today. I did. I was able to listen on. I just had. I had a day, man, and it kind of is a good excuse. But tomorrow, yeah, I plan on uh, speaking up. Don't worry. Be all right. I had that mind <laughs> work today, so I was just. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Um, all right. Listen, oh. uh, we said it all. Thanks for everybody joining us. Uh, you know, I, I, we can go through the whole list of people in the chat. I love you all. Um, listen, thanks for joining us on a Tuesday night. We talk Giants football. We talk Mets football. New York Revival. We talk signing Mets out. No. It's not sports. It's also entertainment. We had a good time out here. And we'll catch you guys next week where we will have a special guest. Ooh. Special Giants guest. Eli? Say? I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> sad. And it's funny. It's true. We miss you, Eli. Eli. Get back you, in Eli. the saddle, Eli. <laughs> oh, man. 
Um, said that to him, so he gets real, real heated and comes back in fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'll never let me on the show again. <laughs> yeah. But next week, can we say it? We can say yeah, it. Yeah, say it. Say it. Madeline Talk Burke. Is... Madeline Burke Ooh. is going to join us. Madeline gonna, uh, Burke. Our, our, our queen, our Giants queen, Madeline Burke, is going to come join us. Should we say Queen B? Yes. Burke? Yeah, Queen uh, B. I like it. I We're like going to come up with some like fun drinking games. We're going to make it a yes. fun show. I Let's want everybody it. to join us. It's going to be a is fun it, one. Is it too early for for a, a, a really early hot take? No. No. Drop it. <clears throat> 33 28 Giants over Dallas week. Oh, give it to me. Till I think it. we can end the show on that. On that note. 33 28 Giants. It's documented now. Go Giants. Eli Rap. El Jefe. Mr. Glass half full. The revival.